Hello guys and welcome to a new episode of Gloves On. We're your host Alexander Brams and alongside me is Marcus Sundin. And today we have Watford FC women's goalkeeper Nina Wilson. Welcome Nina. Hiya, great to be here. Happy that you would uh, join us today. So we're just going to have a nice conversation with you today uh, about obviously footy. So can you tell us a little about, bit about your your road to Watford and how you ended up being a goalkeeper and so on, just, yeah. Uh, so, depends how far you want me to go back, really. Um, I mean, in terms of professional, um, or like at this level, um, I started at Brighton and Hove, um, so Brighton and Hove Albion, when I was, well, I, I actually started there when I was about 15, um, uh, in the Centre of Excellence, um, and then I was there for about a year, and then I actually quit football. <laughs> So uh, it was it was a very big step step up basically. I was playing grassroots before that, um, so that's just you know for fun really. Um, yeah. And I went straight into kind of a very professional level, and I wasn't really ready ready for it. Um, so I ended up quitting football. I then came back um, when I was 16 because um, the coach knew me and he wanted me for the for the first team. So I then made made that step up. Um, into like the reserves in the first team when I was 16 and I played um, a, a few games um, when I was 16 which was obviously a great experience especially as a keeper that's what you want yeah. um, so then I went from Brighton I stayed there I think three years it was in the end uh, and then I went from Brighton to Lewis which was last season um, and Lewis are a team in the Women's Championship, which is the second tier. So, again, that was um, a professional setup, and I was the number two there. Um, and then I wanted to be number one. Um, so then I left Lewis, um, and here I am at Watford, number one, and it's it's going really well. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's really interesting um, and love that you you came back to football, obviously. So, can you explain to us why goalkeeper and why goalkeeper and what drives you to keep developing? Because you said that you were a second choice and then you wanted to be a first choice and now you are a first choice. So, tell us a little bit yeah. about that. So, why keeper in the first place? I think the thing that I would always say is, like, I've always been very kind of, wanting to be different which is very cliche but I think I can imagine me as my younger self being like the kind of annoying little kid that was like I probably just saw like oh why is that player different to all the rest and I was like well I want to be that one because you know like you're on your own like you almost play your own game like yeah so I, I think I was kind of just drawn to that um even though, you know, like my parents were going like, like they'd come to watch me and I'd have nothing to do and I'd just be stood there like loving it. Like I wouldn't even be busy, but I'd just be like, and my dad'd be like, oh, are you sure you don't want to go on pitch? Like, you know, I'd have, you'd have a bit more to do and I would just be like, well, no, because I'm just different. Like, I just like it. Um, and I think in turn, like ever since I've done that, I think obviously there is a greater pressure to like, perform and in a way I love that but I've only just kind of learned to love it in a way because especially when you start taking it more seriously 
sometimes that pressure like it does mean that you end up dropping out of the game like because I, I that's what I did it was because of um it was because of the pressure that you get especially at a higher level um and as soon as you make a mistake it's easy to just kind of become kind of turn against the position in a way because you're like well why do I get this criticism and no one else does kind of yeah. thing um but as soon as I came back and I was like, you know what, you have to just accept it and you have to almost thrive off it, that has become my main kind of driving factor of, of almost wanting to prove everyone wrong all the time. And I think that's the mentality I have now and that's why I've got to where I am and why I know that I'll go further because I'm like, well, you know, so many people criticise me, so many people, and they still do, I'm, I'm so sure, but that's part of it and like yeah. as soon as you're like do you know what? I'm going to prove you wrong I'm going to get to the level that you you thought I couldn't get to I love that because like you almost silence you know that you silence people and yeah. that, that's what I like yeah that's that's amazing and it's amazing to for you for people for you people who don't know Nina it just turned 21 so like it's amazing to hear the mentality of her and I'm 24, Marcus is 21, and I'm sure that we have kind of similar mentality and something that we learn. It's just amazing to hear that you have that as well. So is that, how did, how did you learn to have this mentality? Was that during the break that you had, or was it like some advice that you got um, I think from older keepers it, or so? It, it was definitely, I think it was a mixture of, of, the, of both because I did have good role models um, and I had good coaches when I, when I did come back. Um, into Brighton and then um, the more recent seasons as well. I think as soon as I made that decision to come back, it was almost like there was no going back from there kind of thing. And so as soon as I came back, I knew that I had to change my mentality. Like it wasn't a choice. I had to become mentally stronger and I had to say, this is the level I want to be at. I have to accept that that I do need to be stronger mentally and I do need to yeah just just kind of accept my mistakes and and like learn that that's what the best keepers do they don't they aren't necessarily better than you technically because from a young age I've I've had good technique but I I wouldn't be able to show it in the games because that I just had a mental block and I would be so nervous and I wouldn't believe in myself and that was what made all the difference. And then you start watching the older keepers and the even like the Premier League keepers and you see how they act off the pitch. You see how they act on it. And it's more of like, a, it's more about a presence in a way. Um, and I think as soon as I noticed that, I started trying to change, not just how I was training, but also like how I acted and how I carried myself and stuff like that. Um, so I, I can't remember what the question was, but I hopefully that answered it. <laughs> I think I think you answered it pretty well because you mentioned a little bit that it's not that the top that the professional keepers that they have they are amazing and have amazing technique. It's it's something that you can get, but it's what you mentioned the mental part. It's about being present mm -hmm. and just being in the moment and not thinking about what's happened, what happens then, then and then. It's it's about being there. And we've talked to other keepers about it, and they say the difference between. Um, professional and the top amateur keepers is 
it's not that the t- technique it's about the mentality and yeah being um being <laughs> a, being mentally trained and being because that's something that is not mentioned a lot uh we had lee robinson in from the monday uk and he said that he never got advice on how to develop mentally and that it bugged him and it yeah. bothered him his whole career and so on and it's today is just something that you have to have as a goalkeeper and it's just good to hear that you have yeah gotten that and learned it so you just you said that you learned it by realizing it by watching other keepers and then some role models yes yeah so i mean so i had um one keeper for like the the majority of kind of my like younger career so from when i was at brighton and i was like 16 um so, it, so obviously i wasn't the number one at the time she was a bit older um and she was the number one and she but she had a lot of injuries so i think it now that's what i realized as a number one that she wasn't competing with me like she understood that even though i was you know 10 whatever years younger we were both the first team keepers and if i didn't perform the whole team didn't perform um so i think that she got that quite well um and she was a good mentor to me because she kind of i think she more than anyone in the team got that it was more of a mental thing for me so her just trying to boost my confidence that that little bit whether it was like a comment in training or a comment in at half time in the game um or just saying like nina you're good enough to be at this level basically that made all the difference for me at the time because as a keeper i think it is easier to understand that it it is nine times out of ten ten that you make a mistake it's going to be a mental one um or it's going to have you know roots to it which are mental whether even though on the surface you know people will say oh well the technique was wrong or you didn't do this or this even now I'll look back at my games and I'll be like I know why I made that mistake because I, I made it because I wasn't focused or I made it because I wasn't I didn't believe that I could make the save or you know I wasn't confident in that moment and and even though on the surface it will be a technical one I think it's important as other keepers and, and as, as keeper coaches uh, which I am now that I recognize that yeah you can say oh the technique was wrong here but then also dig a bit deeper and say why did you well how did you feel in that moment or why do you think you made that mistake um so that's what that's what I do with my keepers now um and I think that's what I try to do with the other keepers that I work with and and also reflect on myself in training and in games and actually say what was wrong with my mentality at that moment or what was wrong with your mentality at that moment because most of the time that would be the problem yeah exactly because mentality is is so important especially for our position on the pitch because we know that being a goalkeeper can be be lonely sometimes so it's important i think your perspective on the mentality aspect as well it's important that you also work on it because as we know uh mentally it's very tough to be a goalkeeper as you just mentioned with the with recovering from mistakes and stuff like that, because most of the mistake is, um, yeah, mentally, uh, if you're not prepared and, and stuff like that. So I was just thinking about, you were talking about again, that you have people 
that supported you and they helped you through hard times and stuff like that when you didn't feel like playing. Um, going along with that, I think it's important also to be in a goalkeeper environment where you feel safe, uh, not maybe safe, but you feel comfortable uh, in order to develop. Because I know that if you are in a, for example, a goalkeeper group with three other goalkeepers and you don't like them, um, maybe because they play instead of you, um, it's tough to to develop because you know that in this group you all go for one spot. So you are a very young goalkeeper and you're already the first choice. Um, so in order for you to become that, do you think mentality was the, the step that took you from maybe being a second choice to being the first choice? I think definitely. Like, I think even going into this season and, you know, as soon as I decided I'm going to make the step from being a number two to being a number one, because I could have stayed at number two. Um, but I think I almost had to make the choice before my mentality changed, if that makes sense. So, so I was like, I'm going to be number one now. And in order to do that, I know that, I have, I have to be strong enough mentally, and if I'm, if I'm not, then I'm only going to end up, you know, letting the team down or something. So, I think going into this season, my main focus was to become like mentally strong enough. I think, and and I think sometimes the only way you can do that is just by going for it and and just seeing how how will I do. Um, and as soon as I think it's that thing where you, you unless you challenge yourself and unless you almost go a step higher than you think you can be, you'll you'll never know and you'll never you'll never get to that level. If you just stay where you're comfortable, um, I, I think you'll you won't be able to kind of you won't be able to get to the level that you want because you're just you're just kind of sitting, you know, I, I see it a lot in keepers either my age or maybe slightly younger um and they're playing reserve football or you know they're they're number three or they're just sitting on the bench and you know for a bit that's fine but it's you're just staying where you're comfortable and if you're good enough technically to be to be playing at number one or playing at senior level then I think you should be um because the main thing that you do get out of the senior football and and you know playing week in week out is the mental side i don't think it's a technical thing that you get out of actually playing week in week out um i think it's you know the reading of the game the 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 match speed which goes up a whole level from reserve football to senior football um it's you know like the just the concentration, being ready to not make a mistake at any point during 90 minutes, you know, regardless of how busy you are, because all eyes are going to be on you a lot more than they are, you know, at at reserve football. And I think you're going to get 10 times more criticism. Um, but I think that's a good thing. And I think that is the, why I've got to number one at what is probably quite a young age and why I intend to stay there because I had that so early on. I had that when I was 16. 
Um, and obviously at the time it was a lot for me. I thought, you know, I, I didn't enjoy it at the time. And it's only on reflection that I'm like, actually that was the best thing that could have happened to me to be kind of thrown in at 16 years old to the first team, get so much more criticism, you know, have not be able to make those mistakes that you can get away with, you know, sitting on the bench or, or being a reserve player. That was the best thing for me and for probably the mentality that I have now of kind of just w wanting to accept it. Um, so I think the earlier you can make that step and the earlier you can kind of put yourself at a level that maybe you think you're not good enough for, I think that's where where the growth comes from. It comes from making those mistakes and and kind of getting that thicker skin and just taking the criticism on board. I think the earlier you can do that, the better. Yeah, well said. Um, and talking about comfort zone, um, that's something we all, of course, it, at some point feel comfortable being in because it's a comfort zone. But when you take that step out of it, uh, that's when you really develop as a person and as a player as well. And Alexander and I have talked about it a lot, obviously, because we know each other through our connections in America. And we both decided that uh, Alexander Beck, in, I think it was three and a half years ago, and myself last summer, uh, I was a bit stuck in Denmark with, with teams. What do I want to do with my education and stuff like that? And then I had to seek discomfort in, in going to America because I felt like that was the right choice for me. And the development I've been through this year, I would compare that with the last 10 years. So in one year, mm -hmm. I have developed the same as in 10 years. Uh, I would back home. So seek this comfort and going out of your comfort zone is definitely something that will take you to the next level, as you said. So I think that's very important, especially also for, for our position on the pitch, because we, of course, want to be comfortable, not making any mistakes. Uh, but as we also know, we, we develop when we make mistakes because then we can recover and then not make the mistake again. Um, so, yeah, that's that's very important also to to go out of our comfort zone of course yeah um and also talking about that um because you said that uh going out of your comfort zone was something you would do uh earlier if you wanted to and your advice for younger goalkeepers to do as well as early as possible in order to develop um is there any other advice for for the young goalkeepers out there because i know that of course you already have a a fan base because you play in the best league in, in England and stuff like that. So there is definitely some young goalkeepers that look up to you already. Yeah, I think um, it. my main advice really, you know, naturally does stem from, I think, kind of linked to what we were just talking about. I think like more kind of the confidence side and, and the mentality side, because I, know from experience that is the main thing that held me back and probably still to this day when when I do make mistakes I'm still going you know that was my mentality that that uh that didn't help that so I think it will always be something that I will try and give advice on and, and try and try and focus on uh, even in training with with the guys I coach so um I think the main thing would be like not to let other people's 
opinions kind of hold too much weight because that's something I got I got caught up in um and I think it's that thing of no matter what you do someone will criticize you like you can try and please everyone but it's never going to happen so I think the main thing you should focus on is just staying true to yourself and and thinking the, the only opinion that actually matters is your own um and almost and also whether whether you work hard because that's something that no matter what people criticize they they can't take away the fact that you work hard um and as soon as i i i think when i came back as soon as i did that um as soon as i set that as my my mentality i was i was almost like you know what yeah maybe i'm not the best but i work harder than everyone else so as soon as that's what i thought i was almost like playing for myself on the pitch and i think to an extent as a keeper you you have to do that you have to be that way in training and, and in games in terms of just being like yeah i i'm playing for myself i know that i i'm trying to do the right things um and i'm i'm working harder than you so so you can't like you can't really say anything to me that's that's going to get to me you know i'll take criticism on board i'll take technical advice on board but i'll also only take it from the right people um and i won't need to, I, and i won't take it to heart and i think that's the main thing like don't don't take criticism from people that you wouldn't take advice from um especially in goalkeeping i think because there is a lot of like uneducated or unsolicited opinions where they'll see something and they'll just make a snap you know assumption about what's happened and it's only keepers or or people that really understand you that can watch it and think oh i can see that you did that because you know or i can see that you didn't play well today because your head wasn't in it like what's going on like so i think just yeah just don't just don't don't kind of uh overthink overthink it and 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 think too much about trying to please everyone else because at the end of the day you will leave those people behind and if you're the one working harder then you're always going to be the one that kind of wins or the one that succeeds and i think that's been the main the, the main attitude that i take into every training session into every kind of game that i go into or or even after a bad game i'll think do you know what yeah i didn't play well but i know i'm trying to do the right things and and i'll always that means i'll always get past it and i'll always do better yeah absolutely brilliant advice there nina love to hear it because we were talking about yeah, thinking, thinking about pleasing everybody, but you can't please everybody. And if you think about that, you want to please everyone and the referee and your coach and so on. Like you can't. Something that I learned and that helped me focus more in the game is control what you can control. Yeah. And don't try to control other things that are out of your control. So focusing on yourself, your mindset, and not overthinking. Sometimes I felt like I was caught up in my own thoughts. I had the ants, the automated negative thoughts that came in mm. and disrupted my game, which is something that I, like you kind of went through and developed with myself and trying to get that mentality of 
play for yourself, focus on yourself and like talk to yourself confidently and don't, mm -hmm. don't pull yourself down. If you make one bad pass or one bad mistake, then maybe you don't let a goal in, but just one mistake, like don't let that bring you down and control what you can control. Don't try to yell the referee's head off or, or think about the time, especially. I did that a lot when I was younger, like thinking about always asking the ref, how much left, how much left, like because mm. we're up one nothing or something like that. It's it's just something that you can you can't complain about the pitch or the weather. So I think also that's relevant for like when you make a mistake, because that's something mm -hmm. I work I actually worked at Brighton with um one of the sports psychologists because at the time I really couldn't deal with my mistakes at all. You know, I'd make one yeah. bad mistake and that would be my game over. Um, and that's probably one of the main techniques where you, you kind of look at your thoughts, um, actions and behavior or something like that. Yeah. Um, and yeah, control the controllables is probably one of the main points because it's like, as soon as you've made a mistake, that's already happened. You can't, no matter what you do, you can't take back the mistake. So playing the game is always what's happening next and trying to kind of, it's something you have to work on, but trying to just be like, that's in the past now, you know, deal with it, take the mistake, just put it away and kind of address it after the game because, you know, make, I used to make a mistake and my whole body language would change, you know, I just keep making mistakes because I, I would just be thinking about that one. Yeah. And that doesn't take back the mistake that I've already made. So it's kind of pointless. I might as well be like, right, that I've made that, you know, it's not good enough. But what's happening next? And it's always what's happening next rather than kind of thinking, oh, what what's happened just then? Exactly. Like something that's so simple and makes sense is that the words you can't change what has has already happened so mm -hmm. that's something that my my team like we had so many chances and we went into overtime at one point and we were going still zero zero and it was half half time in the overtime and they were still they were kind of lit down that we didn't lead the game we had like 10 shots on goal and the keeper was having a brilliant day and i just looked at them and they looked like not there, not ready, a little bit sad and disappointed mm. that we weren't up. And so I just said like, guys, we can't change what has already happened. Let's keep going and we will win. And eight minutes later, two minutes before time, we score and big celebration. So it's just, it's so simple that like you can't change what has already happened. Uh, yeah. Don't think about it, especially not in the game. Maybe talk about it after the game, but not in the game. Get on, as you say, next play next play matters next play matters not the one that has yeah. already passed it's and it's also next play thinking and... sometimes you can get into the habit of thinking that the next play is going to be a negative one like you're yeah. going to make a mistake in the next time it comes to you and almost not one you're nervous that, whereas, yeah but as soon as you kind of flip it and you go yeah i've just made a mistake but the next time i'm involved i'm going to make it good whether it's a touch or a pass or a save, you know, almost seeing it as the next thing that happens is an opportunity for me to, to impact the game well. Because as soon as, yeah. you know, you could be like, oh, I've made a mistake, but the next time I'm involved, I could make a, you know, a match winning save and then the mistake's forgotten. So I, I think noticing that you're thinking of it negatively, you know, noticing that you're thinking, oh, I'm going to make a mistake next 
as soon as you realize that then flipping it and being like actually why does it, it doesn't have to be bad it could be a good thing and and thinking every time the ball comes to me the next thing is going to be good i'll make it i'll make it a good like contribution yeah exactly it's because sometimes as you mentioned like you have those negative thoughts and sometimes you don't realize that you have them and then realizing you have the negative thoughts like you should kind of reward yourself that you've found the negative thoughts and then push yeah. them away as you said push them away yeah. and get those ants automated negative thoughts away and also talking about control and not control like you can't control if you make a top corner save or you win a header or you go out in the box but what you can control is your timing and your jump and your like aggressiveness so mm. you can't control that you win the ball but you can do everything else leading up to it well also you can control whether you believe or not you're going to save it because i think yeah. i've had that problem where you can you have the capability to make that bottom corner save or that top corner save you can technically do it but like i said which which what i had if you have that mental block where you're thinking i'm not good enough to be on this pitch and i'm not going to make that save because i'm not good enough even though you are you're never going to make the save no matter if you're joe hart or if you're you know Edison, if you don't believe you're going to make that save, you're not going to make it. Um, and I think that's something I work on even now in training. Like every single time, every single time we do shooting, I'm almost working on that belief where I'm going, I'm going to save that. I'm going to save that. I'm going to save that. And going for everything, like fully, you know, like fully extending. That's something you can work on. Even if you just have one person shooting at you thinking, I'm going to save seven out of the ten of these shots it's yeah. small things like that that will then you'll bring that into the game and you know someone will shoot for the top corner and you'll just save it and you'll be like how did i save that but it's because you thought you could and it sounds ridiculous but i think it's probably the most relevant thing more so than anywhere else in the pitch believing that you can do something yeah because yeah. sometimes you might surprise yourself like I've tried that where I thought, oh, I'm never going to save this ball. And then suddenly my hand is up there and it's a great save. So it's just yeah. about believing in yourself and no matter what, go after the ball. It's, as you say, it's as simple as that and sounds weird, mm. but true. Yeah. And that should be the, the mindset of the goalkeeper for sure. That even though you don't maybe always think that you are going to save it, go for it. Because as, as you said, yeah. Lena, one out of, yeah, 10, maybe 100 times you will save that ball that you didn't think you'd, you would save. Uh, so, yeah, mentality is a, a big aspect of our job as, as goalkeepers. And we could talk for that for days. Uh, but we also <laughs> want to get something for uh, the glove enthusiast out there. Um, so since our podcast is called Gloves On, we uh, always ask our guests uh, about their gloves and what is your current favorite gloves and what do you play with right now? Uh, right now I'm with Chuto, so Chuto goalkeeping. Um, and I normally like a tight fit because mm. um, I have really small hands. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, I like a, like a negative cut or a hybrid. Um, 
but I've actually, I, I never used to wear roll fingers, but um, Chuto sent me their whole range. And I tried the roll fingers, uh, they're called Maximus, and they're unreal. Like, they're so grippy. And they're not, I think I didn't used to like rolls because you couldn't really, I couldn't really feel my hands properly kind of thing. Um, but but their rolls, they're so comfortable and they've got a nice tight fit and the grip's just really good. So I'm actually using the roll finger at the moment and I never thought I would, but because I normally, I would be like religiously wearing negatives because I just like to feel the ball um, and I like the flexibility and also they're just smaller. So they fit my hands yeah. a bit better. So yeah. yeah. Um, I tried the, they have some negative ones, which. Yeah, the, the really tight kind ones. Of, the black ones, yeah, they yeah, kind exactly. of look like um, you're a superhero or something. Yeah, yeah. They're really cool, but um, I just have quite weak hands. So right. I needed a little bit more like protection. All right. Yeah, yeah, I, li I like those too because they they were so tight and so fitting and yeah. the grip was actually pretty good. The so I like those really ones, good, but, yeah. I, but I agree with you, the support or whatever you say like uh, yeah like just a bit of protection but uh, i think yeah. in training though i will wear them uh the really really tight ones because they're good for your hand shape like yeah. wearing really thin really thin gloves because you can't rely on you know like the shape of the glove like holding holding your hands kind of rigidly your your hands are a lot freer in a in a th very thin glove um yeah, so they're great. They're great for handling, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like handling and hand shape. It's like um, I've seen Lee brought out his uh, exactly. like non-stick, his non-stick ones because exactly. you can't then rely on the ball. I think that's a good idea. I might get some. Yeah, yeah. That's what we talked to. We talked to him about three weeks ago, and that's where he mentioned that he was gonna have something that would kind of revolutionize because it's gloves without no grip. And it's actually when I was younger, we we learned to catch the ball without gloves without so gloves keep, yeah they were like yeah take your gloves on it off of it and then just we're gonna fire balls at you and you just have to catch them and yeah yeah so that's also so important because you can't always rely on your gloves because you might trust your gloves too much yeah yeah you have, yeah. To, have, you have to have great especially hands regardless now, of gloves yeah especially now like the amount of technology there is in gloves <laughs> like how kind of you know advanced there how much how well good the grip is i think yeah it's easy to kind of get get just think that you're really good when it's actually the gloves <laughs> yeah exactly and me and marcus just the tuesday we got a pair of renats uh the mexican brands i think so and like they had some weird things in between the latex and then in the middle of your finger they had some rubber ish something and then the latex came mm. further down it was just weird to try all right, Nina, thank you so much for being with us today. You had some great knowledge and some great advice. And at such a young age, it was just brilliant to have you in. Thank you so much for being here. No, it's been, I've loved it. Yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah, we're excited to see what the future holds. And guys, make sure to go follow Nina Wilson on Instagram. And of course, follow us, Gloves on Podcast. Marcus, which is goalkeeper Dane, and myself, which is Danish goalkeeping. Nina, thank you once again. Guys, catch you next week.